Hey everybody, welcome to the Technic Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, uh, we've talked about the quest for a contactless world many times. Yes. Over. Maybe yes, it's my have. own personal quest. It is. It extent. is a little personal thing that you got going on over there. But, but I, yes. I do enjoy and it's not even so much the germ thing. I know we make fun yeah. of that yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. also just the the self-sufficiency, the yeah. self-service aspect. It's a lot more efficient. Like. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of would be a little bit of our topic today. We're gonna get into ID and access management. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically those fun little smart cards. Yeah, I know absolutely. we have like little fobs that we use yep. in the office, but yep. a lot of places we'll use it actual badge of some mm-hmm. sort mm-hmm. Uh, that you can code in a way so it lets you get building access. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We've got Sean Barrett from Evelis joining us today. Yep. He's going to help us talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, the history of this, kind yep. of how we got to where we are mm-hmm. with these RFID and NFC smart cards. Uh, we're going to talk about how COVID has changed the conversation, obviously. What? No. Shockingly. COVID? <laughs> COVID has changed the conversation. <laughs> What, I don't believe Is there it. any conversations you think COVID hasn't changed? Probably so, not at this point. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't no, think so. No, no, no. Uh, no. We're going to get into the printing and encoding of these cards. That's Evelis' specialty. They have uh, fantastic yep. printers that, that get the job done with this kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, and explain, you know, how you can kind of tweak and, and change the way your cards are designed or encoded mm-hmm. To, to, mm-hmm. to meet your particular use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll also get into the beyond the building and room access. That's what most people think of when they think right. of these cards. But yeah. There's a lot more applications. So much that. more. So, so an opportunity. Opportunity, right? right. So there's exactly. opportunity there's there. Opportunity. All that plus our usual value to the VAR and what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, our guest today, Sean Barrett. He is the channel account manager for Evelis. Sean, thank you so much for being on today. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you ended up where you are at Evelis. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for having me, guys. Uh, John, Dean. Uh, so uh, my name is Sean Barrett. I've been with uh, Evelis for about four years. I have uh, spent most of my life in the printing aspect, so whether that's paper uh, to card, to any sort of uh, printing application. Um, so I've spent most of my uh, career in that aspect. Um, and what do I like to I live in the Northeast sector here. I'm uh, located in Rhode Island. So I'm enjoying some wonderful weather this time of year. Um, it'll, that'll quickly uh, go downhill probably in about a month and a half. So I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Uh, I have a family, enjoy, uh, my favorite sport is golf, so I try to get out and play as much golf as possible. So that's pretty much a little synopsis about me. I'm, I'm excited about today and, and the conversations that we're going to have. And Sean does have one of the best offices. I know for those of the, <laughs> you that are listening via audio, you can't see, but uh, just describe your home office there, Sean, in this nice so pandemic world. So my home office is as uh, the entry point into this conversation, has COVID changed the conversation? Absolutely. So now I work at home. Uh, because of COVID, I've had to create an office in my eight-year-old son's bedroom. So there you go. Is, thank God he is off to school right now. Uh, but I am performing my daily tasks in his room, so I share my office with an eight-year-old. So yeah, um, hopefully, uh, you, you never know there could be something going off during yeah. this whole conversation. Um, so we're hopefully going to min- minimize that. But it is certainly an experience. Yes. 
There you go. Hey, you we all had to adapt, right? We, exactly. Yeah. And, Who and, hasn't and, been in their kid's room for a for a call? Or, yeah, exactly. You got to run into another room for a random call, yeah. or the kids in the background yelling and screaming, TVs right? on or something. Yeah. <laughs> we all we're all used to it. Well, I'm a smart I'm, I'm, a, I'm a smart man as well too because uh, I gave my wife the office, so she works from home as See? well. So she's downstairs yep. in the office. Golly, yeah. happy wife, happy life. That's right. Ever the politician, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, let's get into this conversation about ID and access management. This is something I'm kind of, you know, interested in because uh, I, I used to be a BDM for RF ideas yep. before mm-hmm. I, you know, got into this whole podcasting gig and right. all this other stuff that I do. So I'm very familiar with the the access cards and uh, credential management and what those credentials can do and access for you. So, you know, uh, let's start off, Sean, give us a little bit of kind of the history of the, the ID and access management card. Like, how did we get from, where did we start and how did we get to where we are right now? Okay. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going to bore you with a lot of details, but I'll give you a little quick synopsis. So obviously the the biggest thing is this was all created for you're trying to store some sort of data, whether that's personal data, information, identification, security, biometric, whatever you're trying to do is you're trying to store data. So there are different forms throughout the years that have been created. Uh, obviously the, the biggest one that we did encounter was barcode. Uh, so barcode is the, the the first level encoding option. Um, you know, you see it on on goods in the store these days. A barcode is a machine readable representation of numerical and alphanumeric data in the form of a symbol. Um, and obviously, the the widths and the spacings between that barcode, um, and that's where you can encode the data. Uh, so that was invented probably about 70 years ago. Uh, obviously, it was a little weird as because uh, I, I, I actually looked into this and it was created by a gentleman who heard people over talking in a grocery store about how they could generate product information. Um, and that's how the um, barcode came about. So then about 50 years later, I mean, not 50, about 50 years from today, uh, we have the UPC, which is the uni- uh, United Product Code, which is standard. Um, and that's one of the biggest ways that we can use that barcode for some type of admittance into a, a facility or product identification. Um, it's on everything from a gift card to a ski pass to a visitor badge. It has many different applications. So very, still very popular. Um, it's gone down, obviously, for authentication and identity. It's a little less secure. So within that, they've moved and migrated that to different stages. So now you have the Magstripe. So the Magstripe spent its time uh, in our environment for quite some time. Um, it's You'll notice it's in the back of your bank card. It's usually black. Um, that, that can house data. There are three tracks located in within that Magstripe. Um, and there's two different forms of that encoding process. There's a high-co and there's a low-co. And obviously high-co, you're gonna find more on your bank cards, um, swipe technology, access into buildings. Um, and then the low-co is a brown. You're gonna find that mainly on say like a library card. Um, can, can pose its purposes, but at the same time, it's not as securitized it's um you know low form of security so uh it's it's got a low cost solution but you know so then we move to the next stage um and that's where the conversation gears to the higher technologies the smart cards the contactless so 
in this day and age, the two biggest ones are either the smart card or the contactless. So smart card is basically what you see on your bank card. Um, it's got a little uh, integrated chip within it and it can house about a hundred times more data than a magnetic stripe. Um, and it can be configured to add, erase, edit any, any form of data and transmit that back and forth. Obviously with that, you're going from uh, say a mag stripe from a low um, you know, cost of a product to a higher cost of product. But within that, um, you know, you're gonna find that highly securitized for bank, any transport applications is very flexible. Um, and it has a high level of security, um, but it's obviously more expensive. And then on the other side of the coin, so the contact contactless is, that's the, the big hot to topic these days is contactless really started to, to move the needle and becoming more popular in the COVID, post-COVID era because people obviously want to be in more distance um, and want to make sure that, you know, nobody's touching anything else. So this new COVID contactless environment has come about. So that card itself is a card, uh, but it's between two pieces of PVC. In between that two pieces of PVC is an antenna. Um, in a, in a small chip, and then basically that that PVC is melted back together. Now mm -hmm. with that, that's pretty good at um, offering tracking assets, people, um, and obviously it doesn't have the. It's got that buzzword of being contactless, um, and I know that that prox card prox card started that early entrance. Uh, prox cards are limited in their read-only function while basically RFID has kind of encompassed both and now going to a more of a read-write capability. Yeah, and it's interesting that over the history you see security as being kind of the driver of invention here, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, right, yeah. you start off with a simple barcode, right? And that's that's you can thwart that. You can recreate right, right. that. You can do that with a pen. <laughs> you can write out little lines or yeah. something like that. And then I remember back in the day, even today, mag stripes, right? And people were just taking like you know, tape from a cassette tape and <laughs> pasting it on and right, like right. duplicating right. what you can get off of that. And then obviously security now becoming coming into place with uh, NFC, RFID, what we can do there, right? I yeah. mean, it's yeah. just a lot more of a secure technology. Yeah. That and I, the other big aspect is just the sheer amount of data. You know, mm -hmm. there's only so much you can, there's only so much data you can have in a simple barcode. There's only so much data you can have in a, in a mag stripe card. Mm -hmm. Once you get into those, you know, those, those smart cars, proximity cars that have that chip in there, then the data set starts getting so much bigger. And we'll get into that later when we start talking about some of the other applications. It's, again, it's not just as simple as, okay, this has a number that's associated with me that says whether I'm allowed to walk in this door or right. open this facility or not. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get so much more robust with the data from there, too. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yes. But still a key driver, the security oh, aspect yes, of it yes. and, and what it brings to the table. Yes. And, and really... Really, you're starting, and this is what we're going to get into. You're going to you see it in so many different industries now that you wouldn't even think of in the exactly. past. But it's it's whittling down. And there's there's a need for that security. So anyway, yep, yeah, exactly. Well, Sean, let's talk about then. You know, the, the what COVID did here, and you kind of mentioned it already that there is this aspect of you know wanting to get more contact, less less you know contact points, less mm -hmm. touches. Mm -hmm. uh, any other ways that COVID has kind of changed the conversation around this? For you know, from what you've heard and seen at Evelis over the last and you year and a half going on close to two years. <laughs> I know it's been that long, my God. Um, 
But uh, a couple of reasons being, I think, number one, the mag stripe is starting to go away. Um, and that's kind of that's been dictated by uh, the financial markets. So you're going to start to see that mag stripe go away. It's still active, um, but you're not seeing as much as that because um, COVID has actually helped transport this contactless environment. Um, it's always been there. Um, it's been a driver, but it hasn't been a driver to this. Now we you're seeing different areas that are asking for more of a, a, a contactless option here, uh, and that's what's the the biggest main driver of the Ford. And, and I, as as you spoke about, there's so many different applications um, that we're trying to merge this data into this card um, that there's there has to be a different couple ways. Um, so I think obviously COVID. Uh, puts us in a time period where society wants on-demand, highly securitized, access-controlled, combined with POS, personalization, um, you know, and we've already seen our encoder technology just at this point in the year surpass what we did in 2019 and 2020. Um, so it's bringing it to the forefront of the conversations and people want this type of technology in their life. And it's because we have so many different applications. It's not just, as you guys said, it's not just entry into a building. It's, um, you know, different aspects within that, whether they're using a POS, a time and attendance uh, service provider, there's a lot going on just outside of the access control. Yeah, and there's a lot that it brings to the table, you know, just from the access control point of view is, you know, what I think, you know, we've talked about during COVID is, man, you, so there's the whole contact tracing, right? You have to know where people are when they are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've seen an ex, kind of an explosion in this type of technology through the use of that, whether it's where, wherever employees are, you know, usually, um, well, really in any environment, could be warehouse, could be office, doesn't matter. Right. Um, but, but knowing where those people are, securing the fact of allowing certain people into certain areas. Um, but I also, I would venture to say, and I'll throw this on, on top as well with everything that Sean just said, you know, when you have a gig economy like we do right now, you you have certain points of, of a of a business that you know you want to secure the access. Number one, you want to know. Right. Number two, who's in there uh, for those types of things? Whether it's a food delivery person coming in, whether it's a, a courier coming in to do the last mile delivery and collect packages. I mean, there's just there's a lot of need that mm -hmm. has been mm -hmm. exploding off of just the, all the various things that this pandemic has brought on, which are delivery related. <laughs> Contact was right, related. Right. The explosion of more on the gig economy. I mean, all these things have an influence on the need for access management. Yep, definitely. Yeah. You know, one other thing I'll add here too, and, and not to put you know Evelis out of business necessarily, or at least you know where where they stand in this whole smart card thing. But the mobile credential is starting to become a thing too. Right. And again, it's something that we saw finally take the big shift over the last year. We've talked about this when we've talked about payments. Mm -hmm. That more and more people started adopting uh, you know mobile payments a, mm -hmm. as an option. So those mobile wallets are starting to grow and you're going to start seeing some of the stuff probably get incorporated. In that. I don't think we're going to, you're not, it's going to be a while, I think, before we get rid of like smart cards or contactless cards altogether. Mm -hmm. The same way, you 
know, no one's getting throwing out their credit cards anytime soon. But, you know, it's it's one more level that you can still add on top where we're just finding new ways to use something that we already have, our phones that we're carrying around, to do this same level of access management by using, like, Bluetooth technology mm-hmm. within your phones as mm-hmm. well. So, And when you start going down the path of security and just get, have that dialogue with, yeah. with mm-hmm. folks, so it, this is why I think resellers really could see some opportunities here because everybody is concerned about security. Mm-hmm. Sure, what gets the headlines are the data breaches and stuff that's happening on your computer right, right. and stuff like that. But what when you just go down in another level, you know, it's it's who has access to some of this physical uh, these physical properties. Who right, has access right. to that computer? You know, you can you, through these technologies, you can control who has those those. Yep. Ac- and I guarantee you, that's that's a talk track that people yep. are very interested in in, in in understanding what the technology is out there. Yep. Well, then, uh, Sean, let's get into, you know, your specialty at Evelis, which is the actual printing and encoding of these cards. So, you know, what kind of trends are you seeing when it comes to things like quick issuance, you know, when, I don't know, a new employee or like your example, a contractor, someone who's coming yep. in from the outside right. for the first time has got to make deliveries yeah. and you want to give them a security access card so that they can come in and out. But, you know, they don't have time to sit around and wait for you to put together a whole file on them and print out very slowly, print Fill out, out something. This form. Yeah, exactly. They don't have time for that. They need something right now to get moving. Uh, self-service, personalization, all that kind of stuff. What are some of these trends that you're seeing that, we, you know, that is kind of changing this from just a simple card that people are carrying around that might have a an ID number or their employee ID or something coded on it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think society has helped us with this as well as now everything's on demand. Everybody wants something immediately. Uh, if depending on what kind of card you're offering, whether it's a bank card, a identification card, you're going to have to sit around and wait uh, seven to 10 days. That was the norm 10 years ago. That's not the norm today. Um, the norm is where's my card? Uh, you want you want me to leave this building and I don't, I don't have my card? Um, so I, I think we're starting to see a rapid increase with that. Uh, so our normal channel uh, printer business has rapidly expanded in the last six months uh, with more demand for quick issuance with embedded technology for contactless contactless technology. Um, a lot of places, even though everybody's petrified about data and data breaches, a lot of companies are, are bringing that in-house. Um, and so they can pro- they can provide that security printing on premise, allowing for more efficient card issuance uh, and replace cards as needed without having an employee, a student wait seven to ten days. Um, about forty percent of our business, Evelis's business, is project based business, which is outside the normal scope of um Evelis channel our normal you know we do have entry level products up all the way up to very complex products um and and we've begun to see our kiosk print printer business really start to gain momentum we looked at that and analyzed it about two years ago and we kind of positioned it in 2025 range of where we thought that it would start to gain attraction and slowly start to migrate well with the emergence of COVID that has suppressed that time frame till now. So we're starting to see, and, and obviously we always see technology start in other countries. We're a late adapter here in North America. I hate, I hate to tell everybody, but we usually are a very late adapter. I went to Europe 10 years ago and uh, I went on vacation and I tried to get some money out of the uh, ATM in Spain. And I was, I didn't understand why my bank card wasn't working. It's because at that time, 
we didn't have smart card technology. We just simply had an ATM with Manic Stripe technology. Meanwhile, in Europe, they had had that implemented years prior. Um, so we're starting to see projects migrate in other parts of the world, and that's going to come here. For instance, in Asia, we've seen implemented kiosk terminals for printing health cards. Um, Middle East, we've seen kiosk terminals for printing authentic debit and credit cards. Um, European universities implementing kiosks for students' IDs. That coexists with what you were always also talking about, digital IDs. Um, so we're starting to see that emergence in North America. I'll bring it back to that conversation you had is digital IDs. We kind of we work alongside with that right now. We we understand that you know that could be the future, but there's still an extremely relevant a lot of markets that are not going to go to digital ID. There's various reasons, um, and we can go some over some of the the markets that are still seeing that. But that digital ID has to kind of still coexist with a physical ID. So. Um, we're starting to see instant issuance and self, uh, you know, kiosk printers. That's going to start to form and that's starting to take off here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those are good ones. And, you know, I, I'm going to go back to the one because we, I think we talked about it a little while ago, the cash kiosk, where, you know, you put cash in and yep. you get card yep. out. You're going to start like seeing the cashless, that. you know, um, yeah. arenas and arenas. stadiums that are yeah. doing that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because I went to whatever. I went to uh, Great American here, the, where the Reds play mm -hmm. the other day, and they've, they've gone cashless. Yeah. Uh, but well, we had somebody, uh, Sean was talking about, I guess, out in L.A., they have, you know, kiosks that they're making out there where you put in your cash and then you get a card out because there's no place that will accept your cash uh, there so that that is one instance but it's it's interesting you know as, when you think about it in the access management I, what i'll throw in here is that the cost to do this has come down dramatically and i think that cost mm. was always one of those prohibitive ones number one and then the time variable that you mentioned sean like if you were going to have access control or if you were going to do gift cards or loyalty cards or something like that you felt like you had to print a bulk of them you know and now you're waiting seven to ten yeah. days and then they're going to sit on the shelf and they're they're maybe going to expire right. uh coming off the evolus website you can get a single-sided color card printed on one of their devices for 36 cents. So this is 36 cents yeah. per card. I mean, that, that starts getting into the no-brainer category of being able to facilitate this on site. And yeah. that's why I think you're starting to see a lot of interest in this type of uh, solution because... Yeah. Well, now cost that cost barrier is not as great as it as it was, and then all the benefits that you get off of it, and you can start leveraging the real time aspect, the personalization mm -hmm. aspect, all those things start coming into play when you can do a card for thirty six cents for crying out loud. Yeah, so there you go. Well, I like what you mentioned also about the whole the idea of ordering out of like you know going to a third party because mm -hmm. most of those companies that create these cards have minimum order requirements right at the very least we're talking usually like sure 100. we can do you gotta order yeah, a hundred right. of them and you're thinking okay I only I only add five people you know a year to my business in some way you know <laughs> I don't need a hundred of these things it's that it's gonna take me 50 years to get through all of those you mm -hmm. know so mm -hmm. or 10 or 10 years what 20 years whatever it is and and to your point then yeah either there could be expiration your technology might change what if you decide you know, five years down the road, you're going to change your access technology. You want a whole different new type of card technology, and suddenly mm -hmm. those cards that have been sitting around are completely useless. That's a lot of money you wasted for nothing. Yeah. So that's a very good point that, you yeah. know, that just being able to do that in-house saves you so much from a perspective of not having to go order in bulk of something that you may not need for very long or may not need for a very, very long time. You know, mm -hmm. and, and who knows what can happen in the meantime. Right. A little box of ID cards. Mm-hmm. 
in a supply closet somewhere could get lost in no time. Who knows? Where no doubt about it. Point. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, the other thing I know that Evelis does really well, which is on the, the actual printing side of things as far as what's on the card. So, and I know this is something that's very important in healthcare in particular is one, one industry I know that really, that really values this, which is, uh, you know, having certain types of color coding, having holograms, mm-hmm. some kind of additional security features beyond the actual smart card itself is to have recognizable and, and quickly, you know, visually identifiable security features on a card. So like if you're in a busy hospital mm-hmm. and there's an area where only certain types of physicians yeah. or technicians should be allowed in, right. you don't want just, you know, some random janitor or some random, you know, person who's working in the hospital, a candy striper or something, you know, right. being able to, to access yeah. these areas. Yeah. So I know, you know, you, you do a lot of printing with those cards. It's about, you know, hey, making sure that um, if if, a, if someone's doing a quick visual inspection as someone's walking by, they can easily see like, oh, I, that hologram hey. is tilting in just the right way where I can see this light glow off of it. I know this person belongs in this department. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. You know, wh- what are you seeing and wh- what are people asking for when it comes to that kind of security measures? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously we got the two so- two sides of the coin. So you're, we're talking about highly securitized uh, encoding the card. So there's two two different Forms here, so we're we're encoding the card with whether it's a Magstripe, smart contactless with information, but then at the same time, people want to um, have authentic for security purposes. Whether that's what you said, so a hologram, um, an embedded bitmap, something that strikes the eye that knows it's secure and it's original, um, it's not a counterfeit. So we're starting to see a lot more custom laminations these days where that kind of was dwindling down, but I, I, I'm not quite sure what's driving that market, but we've seen a major increase with uh, custom laminations. As you know, that cut, when you when you use the term custom, anything's gonna get expensive. So, um, but with that, people want to see the authentic, you know, real credential um, with access into that department, like you spoke about the healthcare. <clears throat> That's a vertical market that is not going to migrate to the digital ID. Um, And that is because healthcare workers usually have four to five different types of badges. That's granting them access or color carded or hologrammed to specific um, areas within the hospital, whether that's being being, um, ICU, an emergency unit, you know, um, so you'll notice that whenever you see a healthcare worker, they usually will be having four to five different badges, and all those badges mean something else, um, or, or you know, grant them access into a completely different, um, you know, room or or um, some type of area. Um, so we're starting to see that. I mean, there's so much. Every market has their own specific little niche. Like I, I know I talked a lot about the bank cards. Well. We we um, do instant issuance. So you're talking about a bank card that has a Magstripe, Smart, and a contactless. That's the norm these days. When you get a credit card or debit card, that's the norm because um, technology is shifting. Um, on top of that, you have um, 20 years ago, embossing was big. That's no longer needed now. Um, so it's flat card printing, signature panel on the back. I know my MasterCard has that little hologram logo on the corner to show that's a MasterCard. Um, so that's type of uh, that's the type of stuff. Um, student IDs. There are two different markets. You have you um, college and university, and you have the K through twelve. They're 
as much as they're under the blanket of education, their dynamics are completely different. You have education that is trying to migrate more to a digital ID because um, you know students are more prone to have a smartphone, but at the same time, they still are offering a physical identification because it's got a picture. Um, it's got some sort of um, either maybe a hologram or some embedded text on it, show that it's um, original. Um, so these IDs are more focused on getting entrance into buildings and purchases throughout the, the campus. Um, so we have that on the other side of the coin, there's K through 12, which is basically their biggest thing now these days is tracking, tracking that student from the moment they get on the bus to the moment they get off the bus. And that's only gonna increase. Uh, because people obviously in this type of world we live in, they want to see tracking of younger students. Um, and I, I think with messages that they're start laws, they're starting to input that their suicide preventive me messages, they they're making now mandatory on the back of the card for the messages. Um, and that's gonna, that's gonna happen throughout the 50, next 50 states in the next two to three years. We've already had, I think, eight, seven or eight states come on board this year. So that's gonna expand. So there's different messages in different vertical markets. Um, so that's the type of stuff we're seeing, but uh, a lot of people are migrating towards, you know, they want their identification depending on what it is to stick out. Yeah, and one of the interesting things as you were talking, because, you know, for for those resellers that aren't in this world, I mean, obviously there's opportunities out there. And Sean, thank you very much. I think you just did a really good job of kind of laying out different verticals and different uses of some of these technologies, not just the, the technology that's in there. But one thing I like about uh, Evelis, and I'll, I'll give you some props on your website, for those resellers that, that don't know this world really well, or maybe they talk access control a little bit, they do a great job on their website of walking the reseller through what what is it you're looking for? Do you need single-sided, double-sided? They've got this whole wig right, right. thing or, well, whatever, uh, kind of uh, uh, whatever uh, thing on their website where you can kind of select what you need. What are you looking for? Right. What security are you looking for? What's the card lifespan? Really kind of walks you through the whole aspect so you can have that conversation yep. with your end user and say, hey, what are you looking for? You know, what what type of access control? Here are the drivers around that decision that you're going to be that you're going to need to make. Really well done. Yep. Really well done. Well, and let's add another layer of opportunity on here, there you which go. is understanding that look, these cards, especially these smart and contactless cards, mm -hmm. it, it's not just about building access. I think that's what most of us think of, and it's probably still the predominant use mm -hmm. overall. Is hey, I I'm, I use my card to scan a little reader at the door. It unlocks the door and lets me in, or get maybe, into an area. Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe you're using it to get into a certain conference room or a certain area that you know you have to have specific access to get into. Mm -hmm. But these cards can do a lot more than that. So, Sean, you know, start telling us about some of the some of the other uses that you've come across in other places where people are using these cards outside of just standard access. Uh, standard access. So we're talking about time and attendance, uh, POS, um, which relates to gift cards. That's obviously a large scale business. Um, tracking, as I said before, K through 12, they want to track those students. Um, that's a huge business right now. Um, their kids need to be tracked. Um, it's, it's different. You have to look at it too, especially here in, in North America, where it, um, you kind of draw a line right down the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the, in the United States, where you have the lower level uh, Southern schools or out West, 
that have open campuses. I know some of these um, high schools and schools can house 10 to 15,000 students. You gotta track that uh, where, uh, where you look in the upper Northeast sector or in the North uh, and you know they're confined to usually one or two buildings. Um, so you kind of have to look at it, um, you know, it's access control, it's tracking, um, and it's it's authenticating. It's that's that's the biggest driver these days. Yeah, I'd say time and attendance is one of those big ones that we're, mm-hmm. that we're starting to see a lot of run on uh, because, you know, again, who is it? Where are they? When are they clocking in? When are they clocking out? Because you can produce these cards at such a, a low investment uh, makes it an easy one. But but not just in warehouses or where large manufacturing is happening. I'm talking small to medium sized businesses, restaurants, hospitality, you know, these folks, you know, you're clocking in, clocking out. Right, Here, right. you're the card. You need access to a certain area with, with a card. But I know you had, to, you know, some some history and access yeah. control as well. Uh, so I'll run you through a few more uh, examples that I came, came across quite a bit at RF Ideas. And probably their two biggest customer types were healthcare mm-hmm. and manufacturing. Yeah. So in the healthcare side, pretty self-explanatory. It's that single sign-on or SSO as they refer to it, which is mm. a way to use your card to access a system. So our local healthcare system uh, here in Northern Kentucky, and I'm, I probably most of Greater Cincinnati does them too, uh, has you know uses actual RFID readers in order to access their EHR. Mm-hmm. So if a nurse or a doctor is you know wants to come in, comes into your room and is getting ready to add some notes, update your chart, wants to see your chart, have access to it. They, get, they take out their card, they tap a reader, uh, and it immediately gives them access. It, it, it provides their username and password. It also provides a trail, basically, a security trail identifying, hey, yep, this, person this person accessed access. yeah. records mm-hmm. at this time, which is mm-hmm. very important in healthcare for, for HIPAA, oh, for health information, security <laughs> management. So yes. the janitor can't walk up and just kind of exactly. see off the screen. Exactly. Oh, well, and, and a lot of times they marry it also to... Uh, um, you know, uh, walk away type protocols where when mm, you leave a yes. station, it doesn't take long before it, it, you know, logs you back out. Lead a proximity. If you leave the proximity. Yeah. Like, right? I mean, cause mm-hmm. you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can use it like with cameras or you could just have like a timeout after gotcha. you know, a certain amount of time. If you're inactive, then mm-hmm. it logs you back out. Mm-hmm. And again, and, 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 it, the weird part of this also is, you know, the SSO thing can work like in the office space or anybody who has access to computers that where they have a lot of logins for their job. Think about just just you and your Blue Star world. Oh yeah, how absolutely. much stuff for Blue Star on a day to day basis do you have to log into? Yeah, right. So imagine using a card, you just tap it and it logs you into all that stuff mm-hmm. because it identifies you for all of it. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, they've done the studies. Over time, over the course of a year, you actually waste hours of time just entering <laughs> usernames and passwords. Oh, I'm sure. 100%. You might not think it's that big of a deal. Oh no! But, yeah, but yeah, over yeah. time, you do it. You do, you do yeah. it so much, and you're literally wasting time throughout yes. your your, yes. your work here. Yeah. So those are two big ones. On the manufacturing side, a lot of it's actually about um, specified like access to equipment or mm-hmm. to start processes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So say you're in a manufacturing facility and it uses uh, they call them um, PLCs, um, you know, logic programmable logic controllers, yep, right. which operates helps operate the machinery, identifies what it's supposed to do. Well, again, you want only certain people to have access to that or to kick off those those yep. processes at certain times mm-hmm. so their car can be encoded to to do that for them mm-hmm. uh, it could be giving them access to equipment like a forklift mm-hmm. you know you got to mm-hmm. have a certain you know rating you know yep. and, a, and a, yep. a license to drive a forklift you don't want anybody just jumping up there so imagine you jump into your forklift with a certain your security badge. level yep. yeah you mm-hmm. hit your badge and it says yes you are allowed to drive a forklift right. you are up to date on your you know uh, certifications yep. and then you can turn it on and go from there yeah uh the pos when uh, you know sean you kind of mentioned when you were talking a little bit about like uh college and k-12 that 
Uh, you'll see this a lot with uh, meal plans. So mm-hmm. if a student has a meal plan at a school, yeah. uh, they might use their smart card to identify like what their meal plan is and tap in. That way they don't, they don't have to actually pay for anything. Mm-hmm. It's just identifying this student has a meal plan that allows them to have a meal at this time and they move right along. Mm-hmm. You know, it's quick, mm-hmm. quick and easy. Uh, secure print has become a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the idea <laughs> of making sure that yeah. if you're printing something out on a on a printer, that only the person who is printing it has access to that print job. <laughs> and and we all, if you've, if you've worked in an office, everybody knows oh, has yeah. had this happen. Where oh, you've yeah. hit print, yeah. and then you go to look for it, and it's not there. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, which is no big yeah. deal if it's just a, you know, some random thing you were printing up. But imagine you're printing up like a list of salaries or right. yeah. confidential information in a lawyer's yeah. office, yep. you know, yep. a, mm-hmm. an important document. You don't want that thing just print floating rent. off with anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to do that anymore. You hit print, nothing happens until you get there. Mm-hmm. You tap in and say, I'm the one who put this print job in, and mm-hmm. now I'm releasing it, and then it prints out for you. Yeah. There was actually a stat, I think it was on your site, on Evelyn's site, uh, doing this kind of secure print, 61% decrease in printouts. So that's how much you're saving on wasted paper, where someone else might have picked something yeah. up and you have to reprint it or, yeah. or you print something and forget about it and mm-hmm. leave it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, to the other stat I found too, when, when you talk about the whole, um, you know, secure access, 80% of data breaches are caused by stolen, weak, or default passwords. Something that's easy to overcome when you can add this level of mm-hmm. security in with, mm-hmm. a, with a card to do it instead, mm-hmm. where, you know, you can generate some giant massive password or something. You don't have to remember your card or remember it for you. And then it's just that extra layer of security. You're well, and not only that, but two-form uh, authentication as well. You know, using a card or something along those lines is your second form yep. Uh, yep. of access. I, I came across a, a Forrester. Uh, you know, um, whatever uh, analysis that they were doing. And they said 52% of security des- decision makers say their firm is going to implement two-form authentication to get away from passwordless authentication, right? right? right. They want to get away from, right. from that because of everything that you've just illustrated. Yeah. And so there's another opportunity, I think, here yeah. for, for this and just knowing that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean, when we, um, uh, before we got on, we were talking a little bit about vaccination proof. Ah. Have you had some requests from customers about, hey, how how can we, you know, use smart cards to prove, you know, to get proof of vaccination? You mean status? there's going to be forgery in that world? Shocking. You think? <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. Stunning turn of events there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're still at the beginning of this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know for for me, I always and we looked at it as, wow, this card looks like it could be a potential big problem six to eight months ago. Um, as you know, it takes a while for society to unveil itself. Now, uh, obviously, uh, COVID vaccination uh, record co- counterfeit forms are the hottest topic that you can get your hands around right now. Um, so I think as society, we have to figure out, okay, how, especially here in North America, how are we going to deal with this? Uh, because I, I think we're going to watch this unfold for the remainder of the year. I know in Europe, they've already started um, with a program that they're going to be printing on a card because you have in in order for you to get entrance into a restaurant you have to have a vaccination i know there are specific laws and we're going through our our tough times here in north america but this is this is i mean this is an opportunity where i foresee them coming down the line here in the united states either doing a um, a, much like as i talked about the, the university market a split uh, you know, hard card and digital. Um, I think we're going to start to head towards that because, as you know, um, 
there are venues, restaurants that are starting to still unfold where I know that there are concerts um, and, ball, and, and ballparks that are specific will not allow you entrance into that facility without a vaccination card. And unfortunately, the, the card itself is, as we we're watching, can easily uh, replicate it. Unfortunately, um, a lot of the, the thieves are not good at uh, using uh, English uh, grammar and spelling things correctly. And that's why they're, they're getting caught. But I, I think that this is this is something that's really going to start to come down the pike and, and we have to find out a solution, find a solution for it. Um, the government's going to have to, you know, look at this and say, this is potentially a problem. How are we going to deal with this? Yeah. I mean, it, right. It's where we started the conversation around security, yeah. a piece yeah. of paper that is, has some black and white ink on it. You know, it's right. gotta be one right. of the easier forms to counterfeit yeah. out there, which is what right. our current vaccination card is. When you take it all the way up to like a driver's license, that has got the hologram on it and the, and yeah. you know, right. It's just, it's making it harder to, to thwart that type of thing. So, you know, it, it's funny right. too, and I won't get too far down the rabbit hole on this, but I did come across an article explaining like the question of why are the vaccination cards like the weird size they are. Like they don't really fit in a wallet properly. Yeah, right. They're not the size <laughs> of like a normal credit card. And where did they come up with card. that size? Well, apparently it was just like kind of a random decision. It was just something that just, someone just did it and didn't really think about that hard about well, it. Who is that someone? I, I want to know who I don't know. <laughs> but I think the other part of it too was- Was it this, somebody at Pfizer? Was it somebody at J&J? Was it somebody at Moderna? Someone, it was probably someone at the government level that thought okay, about it. Yeah. But I, and I yeah, think, CDC, or the CDC, definitely. I guess. Yeah. CDC, yeah. And I guess part of the other problem there too was I think in their mind, they didn't think it would be that big of a deal like whatever it's just this card indicating that you've got it yeah, old not realizing that it was going to become this big thing of like well we actually might have to show proof of it they weren't thinking ahead of the fact that like hey maybe enough people won't do this that we might actually need it to was start a government proof. person because it's like this oversized library card yeah, now that i think so, about it it's so hilarious I, I remember getting that and i've got it in my wallet it doesn't really fit right but it's kind of in there but yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's su such a weird thing so yeah Oh, there you there go. You go. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Exactly. There Sean you go. There you video. go. I, re I recreated this uh, last night. So, uh, yeah. Well, I got my, 20 bucks uh, if you want one. Yeah. 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 You can get them anywhere. Exactly. All right. Well, hey, oh, this man. has been a, a good deep dive. I think we've kind of expressed some of the opportunity. We will come back in a moment here quickly, though, and tell you uh, maybe some more opportunity that Evels can help you out yeah, with. Yes, there. sir. Uh, before we do that, I do want to, as always, thank our sponsors. We could not do this show without you. And thanks to Evelis for sponsoring this particular episode. Uh, hey, if, if if you like what you hear here, a couple things you can do for us. One, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating or review. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know what you think of the show. If you watch us on YouTube, hit the like button for this video. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment. Let us know how you feel. Uh, you can also reach out to us directly if you have uh, thoughts about the show, topics that you want us to touch upon in the future. Mm -hmm. You can find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us, techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap up, as always, first with the value to the VAR. Uh, this is where we kind of want to have a little bit of a takeaway mm -hmm, for our mm -hmm. audience of something they can do immediately. So, Sean, you know, tell us a little bit about how Evlis helps VARs that are are looking to introduce this conversation. Maybe, as Jeannie referred to it earlier, maybe this isn't something you normally play right. in, mm -hmm. but you also have a lot of customers where this would be beneficial, yep. or you know maybe they already are using some kind of yep. card access, mm -hmm, or maybe they're mm -hmm. just using barcodes at the mm -hmm. moment. So how does Evelis help them get that conversation started to get into ID and access management with their customers? Absolutely. So at Evelis here, we have our, you know, we have kind of, as I explained, we have two sides of the coin. We have our, our normal ID channel business, and you can take the most simplistic form of printing. And for instance, like my son belongs to an athletic uh, complex. He's got a card. 
Um, very simplistic printing. It's got his picture on it. It's got a barcode, very simplistic. Um, and then we scale all the way up to these massive projects that we were talking about, where you're taking all this technology, you're putting it into sometimes three different forms of uh, encoding um, mirrored with a card software, and you're taking different applications and you're trying to marry that into the card. Um, so as, as much as we, we, we basically have a fit for every single need that is out there from the most infant card printing solution all the way up to the most complex. Um, I, as much as I say it's about the product and solutions, it's, it's about the people here at Everless. So we have a designated project team that has a tremendous amount of experience with card issuance and applications. Um, so we have a lot of experience in small, all the way up to large scale deployments. We can work from the beginning of your project throughout development implementation all the way through develop uh, deployment. So we, we pretty much have every corner um, where we have a piece of equipment that can fit and fulfill any need that is out there. And we're, we're willing to have any conversations with it, with any uh, of ours out there that think that they can uh, work with us all the way up to, you know, we have uh, SDKs involved. So we, we, it's really the people here at Evelis that help drive it. Um, so they're more than capable of, um, and, and as you, as I said before, we're worldwide. So we have stuff that's going into other parts of the, uh, other parts of the world right now, and that's going to migrate here. So we can use that as a reference point. So, um, I, I like to think it's, it's the people at Evelis that, that make a, a, a big difference with me and my team here. And I'm going to, I'm going to lump on top of that because that's, is, you know, as a solution provider, and we talk about it endlessly here, John, you got to get the right partners uh, matched up. And when you find a partner like this and Evelis, who's really, really focused on this particular right, product, right. by the way, uh, and, and they have some great products ar around it, but they've got the resources around it. So people, the SDKs, you know, a couple buzzwords that Sean just said there, those are the types of things that you're looking for when you, when you kind of get into this area. Um, and if you're looking to get in this area and no oh, by the way you should be looking to get in this area because you the need to understand security and how it involves to your end users is there it's not just the the online stuff again the software based stuff but it's the physical stuff as well there's a need out there your customers are probably interested in it and there's solutions out there there's solutions out there for you know a few hundred dollars you can get card printer technology into these locations that are really easy to use i already mentioned the configurator which was the word i was looking for earlier that Evelis has on their website mm -hmm. it's so easy for you to go in there and be the solution provider in this space it's right. not as difficult as you might think it is uh, with the software that they have loaded on it again uh, then you have the unit and oh by the way there's recurring revenue there as well because yep. you can sell them the media yep. uh, on an ongoing basis so makes a lot of sense if you ask me don't forget the media don't forget the media <laughs> good god man uh, so <laughs> the only thing I'll add here is you know as a you know if you're thinking as a salesperson perspective you should always be thinking about where is their opportunity or what questions should i be asking 100%. to find opportunities yeah. i think a great one here is if you have a customer and you're walking in to meet with them or you're spending some time with it and you see that they have these kind of access cards whether they are smart or not already but if you're seeing them especially if you see them using an access card to get access to a building mm -hmm. uh you know or or any other use they might be using it for in their facility just ask a simple question of hey 
Uh, where are you getting your cards from? Are mm-hmm. you making those yourself in-house? Are you mm-hmm. printing and encoding them yourself? No, you're doing mm-hmm. it all third party. How much are you spending on that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just simple questions like that. Or, yep. you know, hey, I noticed you've got your card you're using for building access. Do you use it for anything else? Mm-hmm. No. Have you ever thought about using it for single sign-on? Have you ever thought about using it uh, for, you know, point of sale, for, you know, the, the cafeteria or something like that? Just ask some questions that can kind of lead you down this path. That then can help you start that bigger conversation about ID and access management. Yeah, and if and they're got, not doing it at all, I was about to say you got to ask the question because they're yeah. going to start asking those questions of themselves. Exactly. You know, how can we secure this stuff yeah. that we, that we have? Yep. it's going to start happening. It exactly. is happening. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, all right. Well, hey, let's wrap up with our favorite segment. What's tech connecting with you? Absolutely. Uh, this is where we get to talk about something in the world of science, tech, innovation that's caught our eye, has our attention, or maybe it's terrifying us. <laughs> if, if Sean's is the one I think he's going to talk about, it might be more of the latter. So, Uh-oh. Sean, what's tech connecting with you right now? Uh, yes, kind of terrifying, uh, but, you know, it's still intriguing. Uh, obviously, in the, in the news in the last couple of we- uh, weeks with the Tesla bot, bot I know that... Um, AI has always been out there, um, and the kind of what's what scares you is Elon. Elon Musk is the type of guy that uh, you know, I, I fully engulfed in what he's doing. He's really, he's really driving technology and bringing it to the forefront. Uh, but at the same time, it can be a little scary that you know, when I was growing up, you always read these books, or you know, oh my, we're going to be controlled and walking around with robots. Well, maybe that's, you know coming to more fruition than we think. Uh, hopefully these robots won't be making counterfeit COVID uh, cards. You know, I mean, uh, that's one thing that we can hopefully that won't happen. But I think I'm, I'm pretty amazed at the level and how um, Elon Musk can can push things and bring it to the forefront. And the Tesla bot is kind of like, wow, it makes you really sit and think, and this is maybe a lot closer than we thought. So, um, Kind of on the fence about it, so it's it's just interesting. Um, right. I think. So help me understand. I've been out of the news, I guess, for a little while here. So, so Elon Musk launched. I'm, he, I'm online well, as you've been speaking, Sean. Now I see this this reveal yeah, that he had. This right? prototype they're doing here. So I, I this was something is that a real radar. bot, by the way, that I'm seeing in this reveal? That's not a that's not a working one. It's it's what it's supposed to look like. I think they have like a that's model, like a dancer, but it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So right. so first of all, I got a couple <laughs> comments on this because this was going to be one of my tech connectings at some point when Sean mentioned he wanted to do it. I was like, all right, I'll let you have it. I'll piggyback on it. All right. So there's an article in the Verge I came across talking about it. And this one line in particular really just struck me as fascinating. Musk, who has spoken repeatedly about his fears of runaway artificial intelligence, said the Tesla bot is intended to be friendly, but that the company is designing the machine at a mechanical level so that you can run away from it and most likely overpower it. It will be five feet, eight inches tall, weigh 125 pounds, and have a screen for a face. The fact that they Wait, need to say, what? hey, if this thing does decide to start murdering people, you can probably get away from it or knock it down. As long as you're, old, uh, whatever, taller yeah, and as long as way you're, more. As long as you're in pretty good shape, I guess. The, yeah. the kids out there in the world, oh, dude, forget them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that you got to say that is, some, wow. is something. Yeah, they that's did, surprising. Because to your point, Elon's like anti-AI, right, you know, right. in, in the sense of, you know, hey, we got to be careful here. Or else right. We're just going to. Now, they did point out that this could go the way of a lot of other things that Musk throws out there on the wall and right. says if it sticks. Yeah. Just, he's, you know, a, he's the king of that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what also yeah. cracks you up, too, is when you look at this thing, and I will put a link to this article in the show notes so you can see the uh, the pictures of it. Okay. Have you seen the new animated film Mitchell's versus the Machines on Netflix at all? No. Uh-uh. It looks very much like the robot from that film which is a quick short synopsis it's a movie about like a 
an Apple-style company that decides to upgrade their tech from phones to these kind of bots like this. Okay. And the old phone, the AI for the old phone, gets a little upset about that, that it's been replaced. So she weaponizes all of these robots to start taking humans and sending them off into space, basically. It's fun little family comedy <laughs> animated film kind right, of thing. Right, right, But no lie, these robots look just like this, and they've got the whole screen for the face thing. Got it. Which really just made me, when I saw this article, go, come on, like... <laughs> Did you not watch the movie? Let, you know. so, anyway. I'm caught up in this video that I'm watching here of this release. Why would Elon bring out a dancer dressed in this? Oh, my God. That's a little bit surreal. Uh, yeah. I'm with you, Sean. I don't know, man. Is it is it Armageddon? Is yeah. it is it? Well, you know, it's coming. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to. Yeah, it's something gonna be something will happen eventually. Talked yeah, about so. Boston Robotics. I mean, yeah, they've got. Will it's just, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a, it's just just a matter got the, of time. He's got the, the, the money and. Put it out there. So. Yeah, that's the maybe the scary part. Yeah, exactly. And I a will say, like that. you know, while yeah. Elon Musk has, you know, his fleas in a lot of different ways, you know, as far as how he approaches things and what he mm -hmm. thinks about things, mm -hmm. I will at least give him the credit that he is someone who has acknowledged, like, I don't want this whole AI thing to take over the world and right. cause the apocalypse either. Yeah. yeah. So at least if he, if 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 him and Tesla actually move forward with something like this, I can at least feel a little more confident. <laughs> like, well, they probably took the precautions necessary to make sure that doesn't happen. Doesn't mean it, it, it's a guarantee, but at least they were. They were thinking about it while they were making it. Right. And and so, you know, I, we're involved in associations that actually come up with standards for things like <laughs> barcoding and stuff like that. So I wonder what that conversation was like. What What is the poundage again? I mean, somebody in, in a room was like, okay, what pounds do we want to <laughs> say that yeah. you know, 125 pounds? Does that mean like most of the world is more than 125 pounds? How do you come up with those standards? I don't know. I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess if you introduce some <laughs> hulking seven foot robot, that's not going to inspire people with a lot of confidence that they're not going to try to Killers, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But why, why couldn't it have been five feet tall I, then? Why, you know, know. is Good that? Question. Oh my Good lord! Question. All right, here's tech connecting with me. Okay. What do you think is the world's most booked Airbnb? Oh man, I don't know. Where Where would you be? Where do you think you would be in the world? I stumbled across this. I was like, really? Get out! Keep going. All right. Is it? Is that what it is? It's, it's a treehouse? It's a little house in the California Redwoods. I was about to say California, it, but... It is called... Really? Yes. Huh. It, it, it's it's a tiny mushroom-shaped dome in the California Redwoods that has been booked. Hold on. What's the number here? I think it's like, yeah, close to 6,000 Airbnb guests wow. from all over the world have, have gone to this 100-square-foot structure. It's a 100-square-foot structure uh, in, in wherever, in the, in the, in the forest of California. Like, is it way up California. in the trees in the no, redwoods? No, but yeah. it's, like, amongst the trees, okay. right? And it, it, it's, it's definitely on the ground, but it's, like, this thing that was built by this lady is kind of like this afterthought. You know, right. she just wanted a little place and, like, this army guy or the, no, a Navy SEAL, an ex-Navy Navy SEAL went out, helped her build this thing, and then it's, it's just weird looking. It's like this little mushroom dome, but only 100 square feet so right, right i mean right. we're talking like whatever right. a bedroom size 10 by 10 room and it has been the most rented thing uh, apparently it's only been free two weeks out of the last like five years or something like that and it's not like it's an expensive place but right right that is the most i guess it's just the novelty Airbnb. of it yeah i, mean, I guess it makes it's, sense. it's like it's like but how do people find out about this? You know, hey, you know, we want to go somewhere. Oh, you, you, you know, now it's like a thing. Well, I'm gotta, sure, like, you if you got on Airbnb and like searched in that area, like San Francisco area, it's probably like the top hit that comes up or whatever. You want to try this out? 
<laughs> I mean, if they're ready to get out that much, I'm sure they can pay for some good advertising to bump it up the search, you know. Yeah, unbelievable. So if you want to reserve it, you got to act now because it's like eight months in advance right now where you got to reserve this thing. But unbelievable. One room, little mushroom shape. There you go. Shack in the woods. That's the most visited Airbnb. What's tech connecting with you, John? Uh, I finally upgraded to the Apple AirPods Pro a couple weeks ago. Yes. Uh, I had bought some for my wife for her birthday, I think, early mm -hmm. in the year. And I admit I was a little bit jealous of them. But, you know, it's one of those things <laughs> like, well, Envy. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's one of those mm -hmm. things like, well, I got it for her, you know, because she she didn't have any AirPods yet. She was using like, you know, some other style of, you know, wireless earbuds that just never quite worked as well as, as I always thought the AirPods did. So I finally made the upgrade myself and I didn't realize how much of a difference from the standard AirPods there would be and how much I would enjoy the difference. Oh, really? I think the biggest thing is it's got noise cancellation mm -hmm. or at least noise reduction, mm -hmm. which believe it or not, works so much better than you would think. Like it's, mm. it's, it, you can easily turn it on and off and you can tell the difference. Like mm -hmm. my example is I love to, you know, I always have earbuds in when I am mowing the lawn, yep. for instance. Okay. I've got, a, I want to listen to podcasts usually, but most of the time when I would mow with my old earbuds, the the lawnmower at times would just get too loud, and I uh -huh. could, if the hosts were talking quietly, even if I cranked up the volume, I still couldn't quite hear it. These I can hear it all the way through. No really, no love problem. That. Love that aspect of it. I also love that Siri will read text messages, just come in and read text messages to you over the air, over oh, the nice. AirPods yeah. while you're just doing something. So you'll just randomly be listening. It'll it'll mute your audio for turn off the audio for a moment and say, hey, so and so has sent this message, and, mm -hmm. and it even waits a few seconds to let you reply if you want. So. Just That's pretty very cool. simple, you know, nothing, no, no like massive bells and whistles for these, but just something I'm really appreciating. I'm and they stay in your ear. See, I have these freakishly yeah. small ears that, that earbuds typically don't stay in. Well, they it's have the joke the little, of the family. They have the little the soft, you know, um, yeah, no, things to do. Yeah. And they give you like three sizes of yeah, them, but no. I haven't had any issues with them yet. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, that's why I, I don't know about you. Like, I got to do the over the ear ones. Oh, and, gotcha. and plus the fidelity, although I hear that's getting a little bit better. Like the bass response, I kinda, I'm, a, I'm an audiophile. I yeah, like to yeah. feel the bass in my ears. That's so I usually like the over the ear ones. I'm sure there's higher quality out there of course know, i can't but. go on my run with these over the ear <laughs> big ones so i do have the littler uh, over the ear ones but anyways with the fidelities there you I like it? the so. sound quality yeah, is good yeah, all right so. maybe we'll have to give marco yet, a, a pair so that he can give us the official you you know, audio file thumbs up or down oh money go. yes of course yeah, yeah what do those things so, go for anyway um, almost 200 yeah, oh 200 i think like yeah. i got mine on sale for like maybe 170 180 something like that that's not bad it's not terrible even with the word pro behind it that's like yeah instant you know Jack up the price 50 bucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Hey, Sean Barrett, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it having you Thanks, on the Sean. show. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you very much, Dean. No uh, problem. Have a great day and enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of it. There you Definitely. go. Well, hey, until next time, folks, uh, watch out for the five foot eight, 125 pound robots. They are coming to you any day now. And uh, until next time, stay connected. Eveless is the world's leading direct-to-card print manufacturer. In fact, about 2 million cards are issued by Eveless printers every day in more than 140 countries. Known for their reliability and innovation, Eveless card printers are instrumental in identifying the people and things that matter. Eveless printers can instantly deliver personalized cards with photographic quality and optional data encoding, magnetic stripe, smart card, with or without RFID to meet your customers' specific requirements. The Primacy printer produces ID badges, payment cards, transit passes, gift cards, and more on demand. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star rep today to identify with Evelis.
Now more than ever, organizations are requiring sophisticated access control solutions. Evelis, the world's leading direct-to-card printer manufacturer, has solutions to fit any card-related access control scenario. Their open SDK is perfect for custom applications, and their seven different encoding options cover any card requirement in the marketplace, from basic mag encoding to complex UHF. Whether your customer's access control requirement includes contact or contactless, simple ID cards, multi-purpose cards, or something else, Evelis has you covered with their newly expanded range of self-service kiosk printers. If you are an ISV or system integrator in the access control arena, contact your Blue Star rep today to identify with Evelis. 